everyone, welcome to episode 10, I think, of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the only podcast that will very soon have its uh, its own serial. <laughs> yeah, let's say that's a thing. <laughs> I'm one of your... Lost control of my life crunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's Adam. Hi, buddy. I'm Matthew. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. That would be cool if we... Are there any... I wonder if there are any podcasts out there that have their own serial. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> we should uh the next time we hang out, we should make like some get like some kind of like granola make like our own granola and like seal it up and then people can pay us that are our fans and we'll mail it to them. We'll make poor cereal. <laughs> <laughs> A throwback to our starving college days when we called fried dough something it wasn't to make us feel better. <laughs> Just mix a little sugar in. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do that. We weren't smart enough. Either that or we couldn't afford sugar. <laughs> we just had the flour and the wall water. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what's going on? How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I got another massage. My third massage coming up uh, oh, man. this Friday. We we never revisited my second. That's fine. I, I wanted to. Second. I'm upset at myself for not bringing it up. I wanted to ask how oiled up you were. Very oiled up. <laughs> It's such an unpleasant drive home just in terms of uh, you know, skin uh, greasiness. As much as great as a massage sounds, uh, and I've already discussed my the joy in my life that I felt once from an elderly Turkish man breaking my body and calling it a massage. I think I would hate the way it feels, like you said, with oil all over me, because I don't even like the way lotion feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do tend to uh, wash my hands after I get lo- put lotion on the. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll like put low like I have like dry like legs. <laughs> 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 this is what you, what happens when you become old. So I have to put lotion on them or they get like gross because I have a gross <laughs> skin. Uh, but then like my hands can get dry, too. But like I, I'll have lotion on them and I'll just immediately have to wash it off. <laughs> I just can't deal with it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, welcome to I, the I first know. episode of lotion talk. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a. An old podcast for old men about old men, uh, old men feelings and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and old man rugrats. Did you say gripes? Yep, and gripes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, how was your gracie massage? It was pretty good. Um, I don't think it <clears throat> did as much as the first one, but I mean, I don't think I've been feeling quite as bad lately. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, I was going to say, do you think that's because maybe your body's like adjusting and getting better that you're not really noticing it as much? Well, I was just about to backtrack. Actually, I kind of had a rough week at work. (laughs) You had a what? Again, a rough week at work again. That's why I bought the posture corrector. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For those uh, everyone out there that's uh, listening, I when he came onto the uh, onto the video, I asked him if he was wearing a backpack, but he has a posture corrector on. That's not a bad idea. Because I have some pretty shitty posture from the hard work I do sitting at a desk all day. It is hard. It's hard on your body to it really is. sit all day. Like any permutation of work is hard on your body. You don't get to do what you want to do to relieve like tension or, yeah. you know, just even adjust your position as you would like to. Right. It's kind of like built in because you have to be where you don't want to be doing what you don't want to do. <laughs> Yeah, whatever you just said there. <laughs> Long story short, do yoga and stretch as much as possible and stand up and move around once an hour. 
I least. think everybody should have a podcast and everybody <laughs> should get paid for it. <laughs> and stretch while they do it. So uh, I yesterday I got the second jab, this time in my right arm. They asked me if there was any medical reason why I shouldn't have it in my right arm this time. Did they want to do it in the opposite arm? Yeah, they specifically made a point to do that. I don't know why, but that's what they did. So, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Uh, I haven't had any negative side effects other than my arm hurting again. I don't think it hurt as much as in the left arm, but uh, and it's actually gone away a lot faster because it's almost completely gone now. When I got off of work last night, I went to the grocery store and I kind of felt nauseous for a few minutes. But other than that, I can't say that I had any like I, I have friends who've gotten like fevers and been confined to bed for days and days. So ugh, I don't know. guess I'm yeah, a lucky one. Luck. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get the I get my next one next week, even though we got ours a day apart at first. <clears throat> um, I got the Moderna, which takes an extra week in between. Yeah. Our next recording day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, either we won't record that day and you won't know about it or Adam will force himself to be on the show and feel terrible and it might be funny. <laughs> <laughs> on this next episode of Rugrats, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, all of Rugrats was just an imagination in Adam's head while dying from the second shot of Moderna. <laughs> all this lore we're building on this podcast. This is a podcast that's big on lore and world building. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, what did we watch of this lovely show for this week? So the first short we watched is Weaning Tommy. After a visit to the dentist, Stu and Dee Dee decide to heed the doctor's advice and wean Tommy from the bottle. Tommy very quickly loses all zest for life as his parents fail to provide a suitable replacement. <laughs> Join us as we experience Tommy at rock bottom in this parody of alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a drink during that last bit about it being a parody of alcoholism, and that's funny to begin with, and when you're <clears> drinking, <throat> everything is immediately funnier, so. This is, I think I mentioned last week, or last episode, that for whatever reason I can never remember this as a season one episode, I always think it's season two, and I don't know why. Yeah, it, it's a bit different, like, uh, it's not quite an imagination episode, it's no. another, it's Fever another dream. one, like, uh, like a slumber party where yeah. Tommy has like fever dreams. <laughs> this one brought on by his alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we start this episode and uh, Tommy's really enjoying his bottle. And that music accompanying it. Another yeah. great, great Mark Mothersbaugh composition. And it's used a few times throughout the episode. In this season, he does no wrong. No, like, definitely not. And I don't know that anything from the season is ever reused in later seasons. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me because there's so many great themes in the first season uh, that aren't recycled too much. But there are some that in the second segment, particularly that I'm uh, I wish would show up more or show up again. Yeah. It, uh, in the first season, it's like a lot more bare bones. Like you have like one or two instruments playing at a time. Mm -hmm. um, not much overlap of them. Kind of. I don't know. It kind of just goes. And then in the second season, they're more like compositions. Yeah, it's more traditional. Definitely more traditional. 
Um, and he's got an assistant or something or somebody else who writes the music also. Yes, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's in, if not every episode, then most every episode of seasons two and three. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about it and look more into it when we're actually talking about those episodes. Yeah, for sure. But the, it, it, you mentioned how a lot of the time there's only like one or two instruments at a time in like the mix. And then when it's not, when there's more than that, like in the Booba Blues, which, spoiler, shows up again in the in the second segment we talked about tonight. I think those are the tracks that, when I say it gives it like that driving sense where it's driving the action on screen forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. But anyway, uh, Tommy and his bottle of booze oh yeah and before we go too much further i do like to credit the writers this one's written by ann hamilton and as far as i could find this is the only thing she's ever written for anything wow (laughs) (laughs) part of me wonders like was she able to live off of the royalty of this episode for the rest of her life (laughs) i'm guessing no i'm wondering maybe if like she either used a pseudonym or Mm. uh or there's like so many Anne Hamiltons that nobody's bothered to connect to this Anne Hamilton with her further body of okay. work. Or it also could be one of those things where IMDb is by no means completist. That's yes. like just the stuff that's out there and people have put on. There's like in screenwriting, you you sell scripts doesn't mean they get made. You may have sold a hundred scripts and none of them get made. Or there may be even pilots that are made that are never shown to anybody and never show up on IMDb. Doesn't mean anything yeah. if it's not on there. It could be that yeah. she's extremely prolific and not, just nothing produced. Or, I'd say she's doing uh, pretty well if uh, if it's a great episode of season one. <laughs> I actually, uh, upon watching this like uh, more slowly as I go through and capture all the stills that I get from it, yeah, I definitely feel like I I enjoyed this a lot more when I get a get a little slowed down look at it. <laughs> why uh, Why would you say that for this about this episode? Well. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is that there's like a lot of stuff in, that happens that I wouldn't necessarily appreciate if I didn't take the time to, you know, look at everything that I could. Yeah, it, so many weird little incidental animations are <laughs> like slightly off model, is I believe the term that we've used in the past. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, though, what's happening in this episode is... uh. It starts out with Tommy drinking his bottle, showing how much he loves it. Uh, I love how frustrated he looks for a moment there. When he can't get anything to come out. Yeah, and his face is like just for whatever reason, the the animation is framed so that he is just in the lower right. His head. <laughs> He's at like the lower right of the frame. I don't know why, but it, it, it that frustrated face with that composition makes me laugh. <laughs> it's because they got this giant kangaroo doll. That oh, they yeah. Drew. And I think they, they this thing comes back a few times, and this is the first time we see it, I believe. Didn't he get a screwdriver out of it in a previous episode? Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. I don't know. Tommy's Tommy's crafty. He gets screwdrivers out of every nook and cranny. <laughs> and that, as we find out in this episode, screwdrivers aren't the only thing he's hiding around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, we see some, like, different corners of Tommy's room that I don't think I ever noticed before, like a wardrobe and <laughs> everything. Tommy's an immense wardrobe for all of the parties he goes to. <laughs> and uh, uh, Dee Dee's got her lip shits in. It says something about, I think it's like, perfect parents. Yeah. And, and she's <laughs> consulting, and she's like, oh, as soon as they get their first teeth, they have to go to the dentist, which uh, <laughs> Stu doesn't even like thinking about. 
He's got a uh, horrible trauma from his past. More horrible trauma. <laughs> yeah, more is that something that comes up after season? No, only actually, yes, there are there is stuff in other seasons where Stu's trauma comes up. <laughs> more, mostly in season one, but there's stuff in two or three. Uh, but anyway, I just had a thought. Do you think whenever they were writing these scenes with Dee Dee consulting Lipschitz at any point, the writers had a joke among themselves among themselves? So they just referred to her as Arlene <laughs> <laughs> just because apparently that's supposed to be based on her. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it would be funny if they wrote it into the scripts. <laughs> Arlene Lipschitz. I just noticed uh, right when they're taking him, they fill up his uh, little diaper bag and Tommy's <laughs> reaching for a bottle already. Another <laughs> one already. <He's laughs> you can't have just then, one. Yeah, that's like another one of the little things that you miss a lot if you're just like watching it casually. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. This episode is like obviously uh, a metaphor or a parody, whatever you want to say, social commentary about alcoholism or drug addiction. And then it all comes around back at the end. Like if this were alcoholism and the way this ends, it, it would be a horrible, unhappy ending giving into an addict. <laughs> Your whole family just brings you a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We can't uh, stand him. He's just whining. He won't stop <laughs> screaming. So, yeah, they take him to the Tooth Fairy. Oh, yeah, the Tooth Fairy. Uh, <laughs> because they think Tommy knows what a dentist is. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go and see the dent to see the Tooth Fairy. Even though they're calling him the Tooth Fairy, uh, Tommy has the natural reaction where he does not want to open his mouth in this office. <laughs> and he's, he's got strapped his lips, in. Like, sealed shut. That's such a good drawing of him, like. Like lemon face. <laughs> Dolly says, "Open." <laughs> and that, that's a Tina trousers. Yeah, it's a Tina trousers. Do you think Stu walked in and like was upset about having to be in a dentist's office, and then he sees that he has a Tina trousers and is like even angrier because it's not a patty pants. <laughs> <laughs> Stu and his trauma, like that. Why wasn't that the adult parody spinoff? <laughs> Do in his drama. Open the gate for the truck to come through. You know, when he said that, I immediately thought of Ren and Stimpy and what they would do with that joke. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of this, though, is they, after a few more things like a bunny and then, how about a nice lollipop? <laughs> and then all this. That was extra funny because uh, I was going through and getting the screenshots before I watched it officially. <laughs> <the first time. laughs> Did you not remember that? I didn't remember it. No. And how about a nice lollipop? Then <laughs> <laughs> like the sounds that he makes. Uh, do you know who does the voice of this uh, dentist? I believe it's Danny Mann who uh, he does another voice in these two episodes. Um, I don't remember who the other voice is, but once we get to the character, I probably will. I believe he does the uh, one of the characters in the fever dream later. Okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> the dolly says, Open! <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that crossbite? Crossbite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts picking on Stu for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, a year or two of braces will fix that right up. Bridget? Tommy reaching for the bottle again out of the diaper bag. He knocks, knocks it onto the floor, and then the doctor gets very condescending to them. 
Oh, he's not still on the bottle, is he? You know, I just thought to myself, is that the same voice actor as the guy in the post office? The next. I think, I think, it, I think it might be. Okay. Like, that just think, hit me now. There's enough vocal qualities that are similar that I think that's it. I think uh, Danny Man is like uh, one of the, you know, the <laughs> the bench warmers that they bring in every once in a while. <laughs> bench warmers. <laughs> the scrubs. I, I love his diagram of the kid that was on the bottle until he was I don't know, five I don't with know. his rotting teeth <laughs> and, and like... then there's the kid with the trophy for best teeth <laughs> this boy his parents didn't think it was important to wean him this child well you get my point <laughs> but so then we go back to tommy's crib and he's happily doing the ah <laughs> the tommy laugh and we have the uh, opening music again. And the way that it's shot is really cool. It looks like that if it were shot live action, it's like there's a camera just in a crib panning left to right as the adults move and Tommy plays. Yeah, and if you uh, freeze it while he's shaking his bottle, <laughs> it looks like maybe the animators put a little joke that kids wouldn't get. Oh, I didn't see. The... I did... what? What's the... It kind of looks like he's a uh, <laughs> jerk. Oh, that he's cranking one. Yeah, he's cranking one. <laughs> I did not notice that. I mean, I don't know if that's where they were going, but I suspect. <laughs> because we're old men and we're suspicious of youngsters. <laughs> yeah, they're probably older than us when they were doing that. Oh, well, maybe. I don't I don't know. Actually, Turns out they were like old. 10 years younger and we're ashamed of our lack of progress in life. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> that I'm not 25. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they uh, he has his... Uh, bottle one last night and when he wakes up they want to switch him to the sippy cup dude's like uh, thinking about what they're gonna call him if he ever has to get braces <laughs> like uh what sidewalk so he two? calls what himself silver he's like or silver sidewalks too silver sidewalks too. <laughs> <laughs> the kids will call him metal mouth or tin grin or i don't know silver sidewalks too or something uh, where'd they get sidewalk from I don't know. Like, is that just like one a dumb old phrase that people would use? That's the only yeah. justification I could think of. Tommy does not want the sippy cup. And one of my favorite moments in the episode is when he points to a bottle on a shelf and goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does not want the Mr. Tippy. <laughs> they gave me the stupid cup with a smiley face on it. <laughs> He, he loves the uh, method of delivery more than what's in it. <laughs> the method of delivery. <laughs> he doesn't care about the moo moo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the little scene when uh, Dee Dee's washing all his old bottles because she's about to throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is she washing them? Well, maybe she's it, donating them. Probably donating them or something. Yeah. And, uh, and he's on the floor banging on pots. Yeah, smiling Enjoy. when she's looking, looking miserable <laughs> when she's not. It's like he he has to keep up keep up the facade that he's the baby that's digging in the garbage, like in an earlier episode, destroying things. That's <laughs> <laughs> the nearest to it. This reminds me of when my mama weaned me. I think I was like going on three, maybe even I was three. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, <clears throat> she threw my bottle away. And I dug it out of the trash. <laughs> and then she cut it up in front of me and threw it back in the Were you screaming? <laughs> I think I was. You're like, I want my bottle! 
<laughs> uh, uh, I don't remember getting weaned. No, I must have been drinking out of cups already, but sometimes I had a bottle. It's interesting that uh, Chucky isn't in this episode. Um, and he is supposed to be like two, I believe. So could it be that he's already supposed to be weaned? Or But you said you were weaned when you were three or going on three. So maybe I, I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea when kids are supposed to be weaned. I don't even know why I remember it as three, to be honest. I have random memories of like images of like when I was really, really little. I have one vague memory of having my diaper changed. I have a memory of being in like one of those little things that like has a, there's a circle around like they put us put you in like a little walker thing, but it supports you and there's like a circle around. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. One of those little walkers. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I have a memory of being in one of those. Those are like just these random snippets that I have of being a baby. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in the stroller at the zoo once. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't have many myself, but yeah, yeah. random little snippets. It's interesting. That we would randomly recognize that. Oh, I also have one. I remember being in a high chair and there were a bunch of peas in front of me. And I remember throwing them. <laughs> <laughs> a little Tommy. Yeah, I was a little Tommy. I didn't want those peas. They're trying to make you, me eat my vegetables. You don't know this, but Matthew was the inspiration for Tommy. <laughs> He's very heroic and brave even now. <laughs> Unlike Paul Germain's son, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> After uh, Dee Dee gets a phone call from uh, Betty, Tommy goes uh, searching for all his bottles <laughs> that he ha- has hidden around the stashed house. everywhere. <laughs> oh, they, they move the kangaroo downstairs. There's no <laughs> bottle in it. <laughs> no bottle uh, under the chair cushion behind the TV in the bookcase. <laughs> it one of the only things he says, and well. Only thing he says in like the first half of this episode is sofa. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's that's a good point. It's almost partially dumb baby, or there's a lot of dumb baby in it. Yeah, it's Phil and Lil come over, and that kind of ruins it. Takes it out, dumb baby episode. Yeah, and oh. that in his dream, but otherwise it would be a full. Du- I, I give it partial credit. Yeah, I I just mentioned the Chucky thing. I I, I actually would be. It might be uh, one. It might be that he's weaned, but um, I kind of would love to see what his input in this episode would be. I know it's it's from a writer's perspective, you don't always want every character around, but I think it would be interesting. Isn't there an episode later <clears throat> where they talk about him being taken off the bottle? You might be right now that I think about it. And he's like, they tell you this, and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe... Maybe. I don't know. We'll they, get to they it. Do get his, it might be with the potty episode. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, first they take this away, and then they take that away. And pretty soon they'll take everything. (laughs) (laughs) The screws. (laughs) I love the way they draw Tommy when he's got bottles in front of him that he wants so badly. (laughs) He's, like, stretching. His face is stretching toward it, (laughs) like, uh, (laughs) involuntarily. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the episode of Doug where he's on a diet and, like, Skeeter has a whole bag of donuts and he's like, sorry, Doug, I'm trying to gain weight. And like, <laughs> Doug is just like smelling the outside. Doesn't of the he like float in air in the air? <laughs> what well, his stretches, his nose is like the top of his face. It's just <laughs> hilarious dry. Now I want a donut. I don't even really like donuts that much, but I want a donut now. I want to, uh, I want to get to Doug now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're almost done with season one. We're, <laughs> Rugrats is going to be refuse to us. 
<laughs> we'll see how far past season three we can tolerate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Phil and Lil come over and uh, they have their bottles and Tommy's like, Phil, Lil, I need a drink. <laughs> um, do you want to share? We're not supposed to. Oh, a little sip. <laughs> and then he tries bribing them. Uh, first, first with his stacking cups. You're missing some of them. <laughs> his snowman coloring book. I read it. <laughs> and then his and then it, his ride on tractor. I love how like fast he's like moving it back and forth. Yeah, like how would he even do it? There's no pedals or anything. It's just like moving. It's, it's telepathic. Like, it's pure will for the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Your, your desire for the bottle propelling. So if Phil and Lil were on it, it would just sit still. And then have yes. to be pushed by Howard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for Phil and Lil, it's Howard powered. But for Tommy, it's powered by the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't mention something that I wanted to point out. Tommy, when Tommy's looking around for all the different bottles, he makes that evil face again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one from the Halloween episode. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the, uh, psychiat psychiatrist office episode. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> he tricks the very intelligent Phil and Lil by saying, look, a scary monster with red eyes. <laughs> and he snatches a bottle, gets a couple drinks down and, uh, Dee Dee, uh, catches him. Does not even get one sip of that bottle, Matthew. Oh, he doesn't even get it in his mouth? No, he doesn't get a taste of milk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that poor baby. He him up and he's like, Got his mouth agape and he's like <laughs> reaching for it. <laughs> and then he's not allowed to play with Phil and Lil anymore. <laughs> yeah, they if put him outside of the playpen. If he's as good as getting back in it as he is getting out of it, that's not going to stop him. He's never had to think about it that way before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I know how to get out. How do I get back in? And there's a great shot of him looking in through the bars. Yeah. <laughs> Phil and Lil. Okay, so the next scene uh, is to his uh, feverish <laughs> alcoholic nightmare. Yeah. His mobile, again, mm -hmm. is spinning around, and uh, <laughs> everything starts swirling as a... And the music here is great. No, no, no. You are too big for bottles now. And then Phil and Lil's heads coming by when he's crawling. Sorry, Tommy. Yeah, sorry. Wish we could help. And then Stewie crawls into Stu's mouth. <laughs> Crossbite? <laughs> Tommy needs to have more fever dreams. If he has a fever dream in the new season, even if it's not good, I will give the show way more credit. Yeah, I'll get two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Out of ten. Um... <laughs> He lands down at like a fleshy. Yeah, is that floor. supposed to be like gums with bottles in it instead of teeth? Yeah, I Some... never thought about it, but it's clearly like teeth and bottles. That's... I was thinking really hard about it. Like, what is this supposed to be? This organic H.R. Giger esque landscape? It's just, it's weird though. When they pick up the bottles, like it crumbles. Yeah, you like you see it like falling off the bottom as he's picking it up. Oh man, <clears throat> and then and then he. uh he falls down further into a uh, a world that is too small for him. <laughs> uh, just like a Mickey Rooney in that Twilight Zone episode where everything's <laughs> too big. I'm too big! I can't ride! 
And there's the tiny bottle. Like, you're too big for me, Tommy. <laughs> bottle. Yeah, this little bottle, I believe, is the same guy as the dentist, mm. Danny Man. <laughs> and he's like hopping through this. Uh, what's what's the uh, surrealist like artist? A, a Sal- Salvador Dali-esque landscape. Yes, yeah, Spike is like floating in the air above his blanket. Yeah, books <laughs> and furniture. And then they, oh, wait. It might he no, I think he's Mr. Tippy. I think Danny Man is Mr. Tippy. Yeah, it's it's that does sound closer. Yeah, you're right. Unless yeah. of course maybe he could do that for us too. <laughs> Drink me! No! Drink me! No! I want my bottle! Tommy showing his defiance even in his fever dreams. But he's like great about the fall off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say bottle? And I believe this is Michael Bell again. Mm. Drew Pickles, the big people bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he uh, comes in and uh, rescues Tommy. A strong, muscly, armed bottle <laughs> embraces Tommy close to him. And, and his little nipple, his giant him. nipple head. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Did you have a nice nap? And that look on Tommy's face in bed. When he wakes up and he realizes that life is still horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy's realizing life is horrible even at one, or already at one. (laughs) (laughs) He's the world's youngest youngest cynic. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Pickles, world's youngest cynic. Um, But yeah, he, uh, he starts to cry when he can't get a bottle. And... There's a really nice touch that I like that really plays into the alcoholism thing. Uh, like if this were like a movie about it where Stu and Dee, Dee close the door and you can hear Tommy crying and they say like, we have to wean him. And then they hold <laughs> hands and walk down the hall like the holding hands. It's like a lifetime movie thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> The next morning, they're trying all the different al- alternatives and he's just swatting them off of his table. Much to Spike's joy. Out of his high chair, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Lou comes in. And he's like, "My brother Skippy is it Skippy? Sparky? Sparky and my brother Sparky." Who last week we made the joke um, that uh, we hope that he was actually confusing his brother Chester with the dog Sparky, and he was confusing <laughs> them. Uh- <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, his brother Sparky was in the bottle for fifteen years, and he's got a bite like a bear trap. And he bites his finger. But yeah, they put uh, they put Tommy to bed. And in the middle of the night, all of the parents basically run into each other in the hall as they go to sneak uh, bottles to Tommy. What were you doing here? <laughs> Just looking for my TV guide. <laughs> in the baby's room. So then they decide that uh, because of how terrible it is that they're going to give him his bottle. And there's something here that's with Lou. Do you think he's pretending that he doesn't know that he left the bottle in there? And he's like, oh, oh, whoops. Because when he (laughs) closes the door, he's smiling. It could be that he's just smiling at Tommy. But I like to think it's because he's like, yeah, we'll wait for the morning. Yeah, right. And he's already left the bottle in Tommy's bed. 
That's true. Like I, I the, we had the same thing with like when he was pretending Tommy was a doll. Exactly. And uh, like he's just yeah, playing. he's just got that kind of sense of humor about yeah. him. <laughs> I, or Tommy's just very good at stealing things <laughs> and putting them under his pillow. But yeah, he does notice <laughs> it's under his pillow, and uh, he does the ah <laughs> laugh, and uh, <laughs> he gets his he gets his uh, his uh, baby's baby's juice. I was going to make some joke about alcohol, but I couldn't think of something. So just, he got his milk. <laughs> He's got his baby boost. He's got his baby boost. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the episode ends on that. Yeah, Good that episode. episode's better than I remembered. Not that I thought it was bad. No, no, no. Um, This... We say every week how perfect season one is. I think if I had to, this is one of the only ones in season one that I could if I if I had to that I could probably leave or take. I don't hate it. I really, really like it, but I don't think it's one of the better episodes. Just so we're not constantly praising everything about season one, even though it deserves (laughs) it. Uh, This is one of the first ones that I'm not completely in love with that saying I do love it. (laughs) You mean first one so far? or First one so far of season one. Okay. Yeah. Because there are a couple... (laughs) That I like less. Definitely my least favorite. Yeah, season one kind of... Actually, now that I think about it, season one kind of finishes weak. (laughs) Yeah. You hear that, folks? We're finally going to get negative on the show about this show. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any other final thoughts about this? And do you have any surprises for me? You had some evil grin on your face. I, I, uh... No final thoughts on this episode. Uh, I I think I like this episode a little more than Matthew does. But... And I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I do really like it. But, uh, you know, it, it isn't one of the best ones. It's like probably hovering around the middle of the pack. Yeah. For me. So which for season one means it's still one of the best episodes. So um, for uh, a few weeks ago, <clears throat> uh, actually, the episode that comes out on Mother's Day we uh, read. I read a, uh, a sample of a a creepy pasta fake lost <laughs> episode of Rugrats called Chucky's Mom. That was like a little weird thing that somebody wrote about Chucky having traumatic flashbacks to yeah. his mom dying. It was packaged in something that said it was supposed to be like an adult humor show. Uh, I, I called that one Rugrats Go Wild, and uh, <laughs> it seems that Rugrats keeps evolving because. <laughs> Now, I've come up with my own lost episode of Rugrats. Your own lost episode of Rugrats or of Rugwraiths? What if it was a lost episode of Rugwraiths and it was just a normal episode of Rugrats? It's Rugwraiths, colon, a lost Rugrats episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I got my hands on a lost (laughs) episode of Rugrats. It was found next to the toilet in the men's room at a G- at Gigi Allen's funeral <laughs> on VHS. The man who found it was my uncle, and who is uh, Gigi Allen's drinking buddy. Your uncle, the film star. <laughs> he gave it to me, and I kept it to myself like a greedy piece of shit. <laughs> now. The episode has no intro. And the title screen plays at norm as normal, except the last few seconds has Stu screaming over it. And then Stu screams. <laughs> so like our and intro. The, ti- the title of this episode is Invest in Digestion. <laughs> okay. 
The scene begins with a close-up of a coil of rope. The music in the background is going boopa 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 boopa. <laughs> Tommy can be heard laughing. Uh, something inside starts to move, and suddenly uh, Tommy bursts out from the rope, clutching it in both hands and giggling. The rope starts to become smoother, uh, become a pale golden color. Then Tommy's head darkens as his body starts to shrink until only his head remains. A thick red liquid is splattered on top of the rope and uh, in Tommy's brown head, now brown head. The camera zooms out to reveal a plate full of spaghetti with several Tommy head meatballs laughing as the sauce is poured over. <laughs> Theremin comes squealing in over the boobas. Then we cut to Mr. Mucklehoney wakes up in his bed with a start. His stomach is growling. He is surrounded by empty takeout containers, both in his bed and throughout the room. The alarm <laughs> clock says 3 a.m. His stomach growls again. He picks up a slice of pizza from an open box next to him. As he uh, lifts the pizza to his mouth, he pauses, then throws it away in agitation. He rolls over to his nightstand, picks up his phone and dials. It rings a few times before he gets an answering machine. We hear Dee Dee. Hello, you've reached the Pickles residence. <laughs> Stu cuts in and pickles toys. We're proud to announce our newest product, the hydraulic hugging Hilda doll. She comes with and then <laughs> Dee Dee over Stu uh, to Tommy says, look, this is an answering machine. And then Stu continues and will surely make pickles toys a household name. Dee Dee goes, say hi, Tommy. And Tommy squeals. And then she goes, no, don't push that. And beep. <laughs> Mr. Muckle Honey, Honey goes, Hey, Pickles, Bob Muckle Honey here. I thought it was about time I swung by and checked up on my investment. I'll be over this afternoon about 3 p.m. Oh, and uh, I know it's last minute, but don't worry about finding a sitter or anything. You know I don't mind having a little tyke around. I can't wait to see what you've cooked up in that lab of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Muckle Honey slams down the phone and sighs. He picks up a, note, a notepad that has three columns of words written on it all crossed out. The first column has things like Cincinnati chili, Philly cheesesteak, New York bagel. The second column has Ortolan, bird's nest soup, our Carl. <laughs> the third That's... column starts with cat, dog, German potato salad, <laughs> chimpanzee. <laughs> he then grabs a pen and writes BABY in all caps with an exclamation point below chimpanzee. <laughs> Pops each finger in his mouth to remove any lingering flavors. <laughs> Outside, we hear the sounds of a garbage truck pulling up. Two teens walk out from behind it wearing orange jumpsuits and move over to the trash cans. Larry goes, I'm telling you, dude, this guy has the most bodacious trash. One time I found a whole garbage bag full of rubber chickens. No way! Yes way. <laughs> they start rummaging. Larry pulls out and thrust uh, pulls out a skull and thrusts it towards Steve. <laughs> uh, huh, I guess he's replacing his Halloween decorations. Steve goes, "Oh, cool ape skull." <laughs> Larry goes, "How do you know it's an ape skull, nerd?" <laughs> Steve goes, "My mom's an anthropologist." <laughs> Larry goes, "Yeah, and you're a mama's boy." <laughs> oh, I'm a mama's boy. My sweet Lawrence. <laughs> Larry scoffs dejectedly. <laughs> you don't gotta be like that. <laughs> and Steve goes, that's what I thought. The footage cuts out. 
and into another movie, we see a cat falling off a cliff and it becomes apparent that somebody has recorded over a copy of Milo and Otis. <laughs> it is possible that there exists another VHS containing the rest of the episode, possibly recording over some other equally evil film. <laughs> Will some unlucky soul find it and allow us to share it with you? We can only hope not. For some reason, whenever you said something about Larry and Steve, I thought you were going to say, or Steve was going to say to Larry that his, uh, uh, when he said, he says my, what, my mom was an, uh, anthropologist. I thought I was going to say more like an anthropomorphist. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that came to me. I mean, I know obviously what anthropomorphic means, but yeah, no, that's really, really good. There's actually some stuff in there that'll be good in a regular Rugrats episode. I'm trying to write it as, like, a regular Rugrats episode, except clearly the motives of Mr. Muckle, honey, <laughs> terrible. It's the only baby he knows personally that he wants to eat. He just remembers seeing Tommy in that bowl of spaghetti, and he can't get it out of his head. <laughs> he got a taste of that, that spaghetti off screen. Yeah, he's like, he asked the waiter to wrap up that, that box up that spaghetti for <laughs> Okay, so the second segment that we watched for this week was the last Dumb Baby episode, Incident in Aisle 7. Incident in Aisle 7. This one was written by Loon Green... <laughs> Loon... <laughs> Lou Greenstein. And, uh, Who was a real he, loon. As far as I could tell, he only wrote this episode. And Larry Icebell? <laughs> That's what I looks like uh in my writing uh and the only thing that sounded even interesting to me is imdb was something called dostoyevsky man <laughs> oh did you look into it at all no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's an interesting name not gonna click it though <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i did click it and i didn't find anything immediately so okay. i gave up your your base need for instant gratification was crushed yeah <laughs> so uh in this time in this episode tommy lucks out big time immediately after seeing a commercial for reptar cereal he is in place he is placed in the care of his bumbling grandfather <laughs> who has just been sent out for groceries in this last of the dumb baby episodes tommy gets to go on a rampage in the grocery store on his quest for cereal that his parents probably won't even let him eat <laughs> it sounds better and Corrugated bread puffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good observation, though. They uh, probably never eat that. <laughs> At least as season one goes. He'll have to sneak it with the dumb babies. Yeah, <laughs> the other dumb babies. So we start out uh, with a fish. Yeah, Tommy's a uh, stew. Or Lou is watching <laughs> the fishing show again, presumably. Without the music, sadly. He's just looking at the fish and, like, mimicking its, uh... <laughs> hey, Scout, you're blocking the view! Then he runs out of fudgy dingling bars. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you win, and he puts on, like, clowns or something. Yeah, and that, that, I, I can't help but wonder, what do you think a fudgy dingling bar is? Because that sounds really good. Like, a, like some kind of chocolate bar or something. I don't know. I'm, like, thinking, like, a chocolate-covered cookie. Like a... Yeah, maybe, like, a Girl Scout cookie? Could be, could be. I'm thinking it like the taste in my mind is like one of those uh, 
EL fudge cookies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. With a picture of a crazy kid on the front smiling. (laughs) (laughs) One of the uh, coolest things about this episode is the uh, Reptar commercial that Tommy sees. Yes. Sounds like Devo. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. It sounds like a straight up Devo song. As it actually turns out, Reptar was a concept made up by Devo, but they never actually used it, so Mark Mothersbaugh let Rugrats use it. Yes, I am making up bullshit on this as I go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, that's not real, Matt. He's just saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to lie. <laughs> He's the father of all lies. <laughs> Hello, Adam. This is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> He used to uh, call an acquaintance of ours uh, a guy named Stacy <laughs> with that message periodically. Like at least once a year. I was very disappointed yeah. when the number was finally changed. That reminds me, I wanted to bring up uh, prank calls that we did in the past. Um, <laughs> in the past? <laughs> I don't do I don't do many prank calls these days. <laughs> Matthew might do some, but... Uh, I'll let you continue, and then I'll I'll comment. There was a, a point where our friend John was uh, calling another acquaintance of ours like every day, maybe a few times a day, as a character he made up called Fire Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Saying like that he's going to get him or something. <laughs> Eventually, I got enlisted into this, and uh, me along with a few of our friends, uh, I guess, I don't know, he said if he said he was going to call the cops or something... <laughs> Like, well, we got to call him as the police now. <laughs> and so uh, I made up the name Sergeant Dante. And I think our, our friend of ours, Gabe, came up with the last name Apple Juice which for like two seconds. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? Then I just went with it. <laughs> it's perfect. Like, Sergeant Dante <laughs> Apple Juice. I'm calling him and I'm like, this is Sergeant Dante Apple Juice. I just calling to tell you that we're on fire dog side. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh i don't know if it was later that night or like the next day we decided to call him as ramon apple juice Dante apple juice's italian cousin in the mob <laughs> oh that's so good what how did he react to that <laughs> he just was pissed he was like irate <laughs> uh but yeah there's um as Adam has alluded to, I have done a number of prank calls over the years. And if you've been a listener since the very beginning of this show, um, you'll note that we have a what I will call a post credit scene, more like a post commercial scene, which is usually like a funny line from an episode we watch or something from uh, our episodes that I trim out that I think is particularly ridiculous and funny. This week, uh, please stay tuned to the end where I will place a prank call from my archive. i actually was thinking about this today too about bringing up prank calls on the show i don't even remember how we got on the subject i don't either but it it would be maybe 
if you folks out there like this, maybe we'll uh, we'll do a prank call of the week. So yeah, okay. Lou leaves complaining about uh, the lack of fudgy dingling bars, and on the TV, the commercial for Reptar cereal comes on with oh the Devo music. Yeah, uh, I don't know how that tied into prank calls, but anyway, um, this song is awesome. And the way Tommy is dancing along with it, knocking over blocks while Reptar is knocking over cities. Yeah, that's that's a cool uh, perspective, too. Of yeah. Him knocking over the blocks, like his leg kicked out. <laughs> and he looks like happier than he's ever looked in the show. And Tommy's a pretty happy baby, generally, when he's not like on the uh, trying to wean, be weaned off the bottle. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Stu comes and picks him up and pulls him away from it. <laughs> and we get the second instance of him, Tommy saying Reptar. And- <laughs> Yeah, Riproar, we're going shopping. <laughs> you know, Didi, I think Tommy's going to start saying real words soon. I always love the delivery of that. I don't know why, but it makes me think about my own dad, and I don't know why. But <laughs> uh, it's just making me think of like the new show, and like the only line they get they gave the new Stu is they're getting better every day. <sighs> it's, it does not sound like anything Stu would ever say. Yeah, actually, uh, that actually was not Adam saying that. That was a sample from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tommy, as we alluded to in that previous episode, um, Tommy yells Reptar again, and Dee Dee says, Yes, Tommy, riffraff. Finally. <laughs> yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally, we get to the riffraff. <laughs> we love riffraff on this show. We yeah, are riffraff uh, of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stu is about to go grocery shopping, and like, Dee Dee's handing him all the stuff. He's got Tommy in his arms. She shoves coupons in his mouth. <laughs> And there's a, a scene where uh, Lou is in this fridge and in the fridge, and they're like, "And this time, don't forget the fudgy diggling bars. We're all out." Tommy's looking back at him, and they drew him without a nose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Is it a close-up or is it like a background thing? It's like a it's foreground, but it's not a close-up. Okay. Like uh, Dee Dee's hair is immediately in the <laughs> foreground, and he's in one of the Triceratops Forms. corners. <laughs> he's in between two of them i should say in the right angle of two of them sometimes tommy's nose just disappears when viewed from the uh angle through his mom's hair <laughs> his nose goes away <laughs> gets stuck <laughs> that's the but that is the fifth box of fudgy dangling bars that lou has gone through that week <laughs> and he goes on this great little rant like guilt like the only time he like guilt trips them. yeah oh go ahead Deny me my fudgy dingling bars. The one real pleasure left to me in my twilight years. And I was thinking about our joke that this is actually Lou's house. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to deprive him. <laughs> I give you this house. Yeah. Don't let me have my fudgy dingling bar. <laughs> so they, uh, they decide to let Pop do the shopping. And Stu describes how to use a calculator in the most complex yet accurate, I think, terms possible. So you activate the fractal cursor here, then perambulate your sometimes this thing, which is the vector factor, and correlate the decimal point minus the cost of your groceries. Got it? Uh, uh, don't worry, Pop, you'll figure it out. His fingers are all, like going crazy on the key. Like, all he's going to be doing is adding and subtracting. All I can think to myself was... I don't calculators were not like a new thing in 1991 or maybe 19. This might be 1992, but I, I looked it up and I believe <clears throat> the first personal calculator came out in the 70s. 
Yeah, I remember my mom had one that she gave me when I was in junior high from when she was a kid. And, like, it was, like, a fucking... The size of, like, an original Game Boy. And, <laughs> like, like scientific calculators might be that big, but they do a lot more. This was, like, a basic calculator. <laughs> and it was, like, humongous. And it had, like, red backlit lighting. Like, <laughs> like LCD. I don't know if it was LCD, but... um. And like a little glass screen in front of it that ended up breaking in my backpack. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, one of the little things in this is they do a lot of details with Tommy's animation. Yes. In this little scene before they go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like uh, he's like looking at everything. He's like reaching for things. Whenever they're going to give him the grandpa, he's reaching out with his arms. Yeah. Outstretched like his fingers opening and closing because he wants to go be held by his grandpa and I, when i saw that i was actually like aw <laughs> <laughs> and then the most obvious cute thing and detail is that he's playing with his toes and they do a close-up of that but before they do he's doing that for a little while in the background of another shot as the grown-ups are talking there's like this odd animation where he's like flapping his arms up and down and his legs are kicking <laughs> at the same time it's a baby thing yeah <laughs> it's they hand the calculator to Lou and Tommy immediately reaches out and gra- grabs at it. <laughs> I don't really recall other seasons really trying to capture these actual baby things. Um, yeah. I went back recently to listen to something from our third episode, Kami Pickles, and we're talking about when Tommy's pushing around the little lawnmower bubble thing. And you made the comment that you love whenever they show him just doing like what like actual baby things. And they're they're great, and I don't recall them ever being in other seasons, at least not with this level of detail. I think it's probably fair to say we'll never see it again. Probably (laughs) not. a new show coming out. And even with that animation, I don't know if I want to. (laughs) Are they even going to... Is there even going to be any... Are there going to be any adult subplots? I would hope so. I mean, that's one of the best parts of the show, is, like, Tommy's chaos basically happening around clueless adults having their own narrative. As the case may be, the less they talk, the better. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they eventually get to the grocery store. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lou sees some uh, old lady <laughs> down the aisle, and he's like, Beautiful gal at 10 o'clock. <laughs> the first time in the series that Grandpa Lou uses babies as a bait for uh, attractive elderly widows. <laughs> What's the name of his uh, <laughs> the lady he normally like goes out with, like bowling and shit? Louise. <laughs> Louise. Yeah. And then there's, of course, there's the episode with Morgana later on. He's he's stepping out on you, Louise. (laughs) Just hitting on any old lady he wants. This old lady is uh, also voiced by Kath Susie. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, (laughs) quick, quick thing that we need to mention. As as, uh, Pop and Tommy leave, uh, Dee Dee says, um, I hope they come back with something besides 40 boxes of fudgy ding-a-ling bars. And then Stu just says in the most plain delivery possible, I hope they come back. <laughs> <laughs> Stu was the one that sent him out. He's like, you want fudgy ding-a-ling bars? You do the job. <laughs> There's a Rug Wraith subplot there where he doesn't want them to come back. <laughs> Maybe we'll tie that into a future Rug Wraiths. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, after he's done hitting on the old lady, she says, Well, bye-bye, handsome. Bye. Uh-oh, say bye-bye, Tommy. As they start shopping after this, they have, like, all the little joke titles on yeah. all the food. 
super cellulose soup. <laughs> mucilage uh, pasta. Yeah, mucilage pasta. <laughs> 100% natural whole mucilage pasta. <laughs> Bark fiber, fiber sausage. sausage. <laughs> <laughs> you just on Tommy's head. Yeah, and it stays on there for a significant amount of time. I mean, a couple seconds in this show, but uh, but there's like signs that say like "buy more pork chomps." There's something literally that's just called leftovers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then there's the display of Reptar cereal, which yes. uh, it has like a windmill. Yeah, there's like. A- <clears throat> There's like a Dutch bakery or something yes. that has a windmill outside, yep. and like that's probably tied to it. Establishing right shot, yeah. You know how the Dutch and their windmills <laughs> trying to take jobs away from those coal farmers. Did I just say coal farmers? <laughs> <laughs> Both know how work works. <laughs> Price bread costs ten dollars. Did it say ten dollars? No, I'm, I'm, I was making a joke about how out of touch we are with the oh. common man. <laughs> this podcast has enriched our lives greatly and our bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> it's only cost us money so far. Yeah. <laughs> As Lou gets everything together, he grabs, well, for he grabs a giant <laughs> armful of fudgy dingling bars and dumps them on Tommy. There's got to be at least like 20 boxes like burying everything else underfoot. And uh, he does not know how to work this calculator. <laughs> At first, he thinks it's going to be $53,000. Well, like, you're even getting ahead. When he goes to turn it on and he like just slams his fist into it, it makes it sound like a circuit burning out. Ah, there. At least it's turned on. Um, but Tommy uses his, uh, his grandpa's distraction and inability to use technology uh, as well as his lassoing skills with his uh, with the sausage that's been placed on his head to latch onto a woman uh, who's getting hairspray onto her cart. Yeah, a woman in like a cow skin tights who's buying yeah. a can of instant beauty hairspray. <laughs> and does she have like a beehive? She, um, does she have a hairnet? No, she has her hair up in curlers. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, something I noticed when there's a side shot where it looks like she has blonde hair. And I always thought like the curlers on. I thought she just had like brown hair on top of her head. But there's blonde below that. So I think you're right. It is just curlers. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And the moon is a banana. And the moon is a banana. (laughs) But eventually going around a corner, uh, Tommy's momentum causes the cart to go flying. Well, no, first he passes by the little girl. She says, hey, where's your grandpa? And it's like, he'll be all right. <laughs> Does the little girl also calf Susie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. And uh, behind her, there's another product called Dinkies. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> Probably Twinkies parody. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so he, he swings around. The cart is spinning. He crashes into a... Uh, Something next to Larry, like the yogurt. And uh, he lands on a pile of tidies diapers, the heavenly diaper. I was imagining how great would it be if Phil and Lil were the picture on those? Yeah, like the mascots. <laughs> <now>. Yeah. <laughs> Betty and wouldn't then, let like, that happen. A, a tub of yogurt lands next to him and then on like a the sample <laughs> lady's head. Yeah. And so- uh, all of her little toothpick samples puncture the milks above Larry and he gets drenched in milk. <laughs> Tommy 
puts his hand in the yogurt <laughs> and puts his whole arm in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Larry's like, I told Steve he should have stayed at the Octoplex. I mean, anywhere they work where the babies are around, it's going <laughs> to be a shitty day. Yeah. Eventually, Tommy gets down from up when, where he is, and he gets back on the cart with the little girl. And she tells him where Reptar is. And there's a woman who drops a melanin and sees him and then starts screaming. <laughs> That's that's a great continuing comedy thing on this show is how often humor is like, especially in end of episodes where people just scream and obviously the stew scream being the best one. Yeah. Yeah, she knocks the cart into a pile of melons <laughs> that are first labeled melon camps with an apostrophe S. And then after they fall, they're just labeled melon camp, which I'm <laughs> guessing is a John Cougar melon camp reference. Oh. <laughs> and then there's a shot of people in an aisle shopping and Steve comes running you hear rumble a low rumbling and Steve Whoa, no! and they all start screaming <laughs> and running in the background of that there's like a, a sign that just says foo like food without the D <laughs> that's a great little detail uh, okay. And the me the melons strike the lobster tanks. The lobsters go s sloshing throughout the entire place. They also hit a, a stand of baby powder. And uh, there's a lady pushing this cart who is actually a character, they a model they used in Waiter, There's a Baby in My Soup. Hmm. She's the one that looks at Tommy when they bring him in and he waves at her. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. Nice touch. Yeah. I mean... Good noggin you got on you. <laughs> And they knock over a stand of perpy. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was little, I like I picked up on that and thought it was hilarious. Like I used to la like when I, I would ask my mom, like, mom, can we go buy some perpy? <laughs> and like she thought it was really funny. But that's a nice little parody. Um, when I was a kid, the funniest joke in anything that I ever saw was uh, in The Simpsons where Homer gets a little brother in the program <laughs> whose name is Peppy. And uh, they're watching, like, the sun go down, and he yeah. goes, I love you, Papa Homer. And then Homer goes, I love you, too, Pepsi. Peppy. <laughs> I mean, Peppy. <laughs> what season and, is that? Uh, it's, I think, five. Okay. No, sorry, I'm sorry. Finish what you were saying? Uh, it just, uh, I don't know. I, I probably, I don't even think it's that funny now, but as a kid, it was the funniest <laughs> thing I had ever seen. And I was like, I can't wait to watch that episode because they used it in the uh, preview for the episode. Oh, OK, but yeah, we see all the chaos going on around the place. And the little girl that Tommy has run into twice previously is laughing and clapping. And we hear the boobah blues. Lean up on aisle one, uh, aisle two, aisle four, aisle five, please. Aisle... <laughs> <laughs> But the first of two times in this episode because Larry and Steve are in the episode. Yeah. Now I'm like thinking to myself, we mentioned in previous episodes that certain characters have like certain tones or certain like mini themes like Spike has his Angelica has hers. Uh, is that is that Larry and Steve like <laughs> probably I I know they use Larry and Steve a little bit in the second season, but I don't think they keep up with it throughout. Yeah, they're in intermittently. Yeah. They're good characters. Yeah. I wonder if they'll be in the 
reboot? Probably not, but great detail also while the Booba Blues is playing over the intercom. The I assume the store manager is clean up on aisle five, aisle six, aisle nine, aisle uh, uh, clean up. <laughs> Larry and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we have a nice little moment of animation convenience here as Tommy sees the stack of Reptar cereal. And as he's moving forward and the windmill is moving on, his diaper just happens to open up enough to hook <laughs> onto the windmill. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I noticed that too. And uh, <laughs> I even noticed that when I was little. And when he comes off, his diaper is like so stretched out, <laughs> but it immediately conforms to his baby skin, <laughs> baby snugness when he comes off. Can you imagine if he like lost it and the entire rest of the episode, he's just walking around with just a t-shirt? <laughs> I mean, they have a whole episode where he's naked later on. <laughs> the high priest of baby nudism, Tommy Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, whenever he's up there, like you know, on, on the uh, I don't know the lighting, the rafters, yeah, whatever the hell he's up on top of. <laughs> There's some guy that comes out of a back room and he just comes out and then his butt slightly nudges the cart back to Lou and then his animation completely stops at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta save your money somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's not that important. No, no. Most kids probably won't notice. But it's, it's, uh, it's fun to notice that stuff. And as a little kid, I tended to notice that. I know in, like, Ninja Tur- in the original Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon, there were a lot of random both errors and cheats but that's neither here nor there. There's a great shot, a first person shot of Tommy walking on this like rafter or whatever it is and like going around the pole holding it up and it's like, oh my God, this little baby's going to fall. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's trying to like pull a lil at at the baby commercial. We've already experienced the first instant Tommy felt fear, right? In this show. Uh, when... I mean, he screamed when the dog was coming at him, but oh yeah, 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 he was gonna get mauled, but but not like fear of facing some, like of even doing, like just going out to do something. I don't think, or have we? I know it. Ha- it has to happen at some point. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure it does happen in a few episodes where there's things. <clears throat> I, I know, like the beach episode, there's definitely a giant like reversal of roles between Chucky and Tommy. Okay. Well, we'll talk uh, about that when we get to it. Yeah. But yeah, Tommy continues from the special delivery episode of his um, gymnastics career as he climbs down from the rafters of the lighting rack or whatever it is down onto the giant cutout of Reptar into its mouth, down onto his little T-Rex claws (laughs) and on top of the display. And then he falls down on a cereal box. Like a sled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Stealing the trays from our cafeteria <laughs> in uh, the high school and going sledding down that big hill next to the bowling alley. Yeah, there was a bowling alley next to our uh, our high school, and there was a great hill there. And at the end of every day, our uh, friend Heather would hide lunch trays on top of the pop machines and put them in her backpack, and we'd ride them down the hill at the end of the day. I wonder how many we took. <laughs> my parents still have some. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once you hit like a rock or something and it like cracked the tray and sent you flying into the air like you went down at a different angle. 
But anyway, Tommy ends up in front of Lou, and Lou's like, How'd you get down there, Scout? <laughs> and picks him up. And somehow, he's determined that this giant box of stuff adds up $6.15. Can't beat that with a stick. Which cannot be right. No. <laughs> Unless they had a lot of coupons. A lot of oh, very valuable coupons. You had a mouthful of them. Mm, this is true. Now, I think the joke is that he just doesn't know how to use a calculator. Probably. We got your soup and your nuts and your apples and your malawars and your... And there's a lobster sitting on top. As they're checking out, there's a lobster on top of the cash register that rips the the uh, cashier's bow tie off. Yeah, he's uh, he's just fighting with the cashier. Yeah. <laughs> well, his bow tie's back right immediately yeah, after that. An error right away. This is when Lou sees the Reptar cereal. Hey, what's this? They're round, they're mean, they <sighs> turn milk green. <laughs> What'll they think of next? Well, I don't know how they got here, but they sound a lot better than corrugated bread puffs. The first <laughs> voice for Grandpa really got into it. Yes. He, he got all phlegmy as he could. Yes. <laughs> It, perfect. I, I know the second voice actor for Grandpa did the best job that he could, but uh, it does not capture those same voice qualities. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did the voices for like Daffy Duck and stuff after Mel Blanc for a while. Uh, oh. Joe Alasky. All I, all I remember is Daffy Duck. I think he did a few others for Looney Tunes for quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he was like respected in his own right. And, you know, he had big shoes to fill, probably mostly <laughs> just that the episodes weren't that good later <laughs> on. Um, and now they've got what um, Michael McKean. He's kind, of Lou. A, he's kind of like a big get. So maybe maybe he'll do a good job. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. As much as I love the babies, the adults are one of the best parts of the show. We're not just watching it for babies unless they're dumb baby episodes. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm fine with it. So after season one, we're just watching for the adults. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not true. But <laughs> I, I actually think like the first two episodes I start with in season two are probably some of the weakest of the season. What are they? Uh, the Toy Palace and Sand Ho. I actually really love the Toy Palace. At least some moments in it. I'd have to watch it again. Um, and I like Sand Ho as well, but you're definitely right. It's not nearly as good as some of the stuff that comes after it. I mean, a lot of people love Toy Palace and... They're going to get mad at me if I talk shit on it, I'm sure. I mean, how can you... Uh, I guess I guess what I can say is, how can you argue with, uh, Thorg hungry! Thorg want to eat! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's good episodes... Or good episodes. Moments. There's good moments in it. Yeah. And actually, nobody's gotten mad at us at all so far that they've vocalized, so... Yeah, anybody out there mad at us, fight us on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> Someone turns in, well, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the way you talk about this episode in season two. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story I can tell someday. Yeah. Save it for another day. That's a good one. But yeah, Incident Nile 7, the very last of the dumb baby episodes. And we will now play Taps, as we mentioned in a previous episode.
moment of silence for the dumb baby <laughs> until we write all the new episodes. Yeah. And then we'll switch the names around when we, they don't hire us. <laughs> <laughs> Make it the dumb baby show. Okay, so I had a little random moment this past, actually yesterday, that oddly tied into Rugrats in a minor way, but it really threw me off. There is, I know you don't like Star Wars, but there is a new animated Star Wars show on Disney Plus called The Bad Batch, which is a follow-up to The Clone Wars. It's kind of like season eight in a way. But in the second episode, there is a character who is a child of a character that originally appeared in The Clone Wars. And this child's voice is Phil. <laughs> like, the that's Kath Susie, right? Yeah. And like, I did not expect it. I'm sitting there excited for the Star Wars episode, and the story's really good, and it's a really good episode, and then I hear, Hey, Dad! <laughs> that's my horrible <laughs> Phil voice. But uh, just to randomly hear that, was it just really threw me off. It's like, everything is Rugrats. And it's also good to see that, that uh, the Cavsusi is still getting voice work outside of this potentially shitty reboot. Yeah, I mean, we want to interview people. But we understand if you don't want to come on after we shit on the show. <laughs> At least if we do commentary tracks, it's encouraging people to watch it. Yeah, even if it's just to make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> so as we uh, have said, after these, these lovely sad taps have played, uh, <laughs> for the Dumb Baby episodes, we hang our heads in sadness, but... Uh, we, uh, we smile walking away because uh, we have the good memories. <laughs> and then uh, some happy uh, New Orleans jazz starts playing in the background. <laughs> Hooray! We've got the 400, episode, or 400 downloads on yeah! the podcast today. 400 downloads at the time of recording, so give all of yourselves a hand out there, and we will <laughs> add to it. Adam's not clapping, I should point out. It was just me. Oh, I thought you were doing the editing thing. No. <laughs> it was just clapping. One, what? two, three. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, an interesting part of the series that just never came back because the writers just weren't interested in it. Um, even some of these episodes that we've been pointing out that are like half dumb baby episodes. I, I don't even really think that happens again. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> Season two episode, there is a lot of good stuff in it, and like yeah, for sure. By no means are we like, shitting on them. I'm still not on season three, but as I was going through season two, there are definitely some episodes that are like, wow, that one was a lot of fun to watch. Yes, and uh, like if you think back to that interview with uh, Paul Germain that we talked about, where mm-hmm. they definitely just got bored <laughs> with writing the dumb baby episodes. Mm-hmm. I- I'd like to see this. If there's somewhere online that has the original scripts, I think we mentioned this before. I'd love to see how the 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 uh, chaos scenes are written. If it's like really detailed, or and like, or if it's just like Tommy causes chaos and the animators fill in the blanks. Yeah, it might be more of a storyboard. Yeah, that's true. We need to get back to. We've already obviously talked about a lot in this one, and it's too long. But I think like another segment that we do need to get to like either like next week or maybe closer to the end of this season is speculation on the lost episodes 
yes. maybe even writing the last episode, the actual last episode. Oh, I see where you're going. Uh, that's a teaser for you folks out there. There is online, not necessarily completed scripts that we know of, but there are descriptions of episodes that were going to be made. So maybe we could use those as the germ of an idea and then fill things in. Now, now that I think about it, are those even real? Like, what are the sourcing uh, on those? I mean, they might be, they might not be, but regardless, that that's still a germ of an idea. Yeah, like a writing, uh, what's the word? A writing uh, prompt. But yeah, any uh, final thoughts from you for the week? <laughs> I wish you could see the way he smiled. I just want to go, <laughs> And with that, what are we looking at next week? Before we get the hell out of here. I have my list in front of me. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Uh, <laughs> we're doing Touchdown Tommy and The Trial. So, Touchdown Tommy, uh, noteworthy for being the debut of Chaz and his voice. Not the debut of Chaz, but the debut of Chaz's voice, I should say. And The Trial for being probably my least favorite episode of season one. Yeah, and uh, probably the one where they make up the most ways for the babies to say things wrong, and that's where most of the jokes come from. Yeah. The probably, I wonder if that's because we mentioned the Paul Germain getting sick of the dumb baby thing. They're like, we gotta get some more dialogue in here because this is boring to write. Yeah. May I mean, maybe. You don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, and I hope you all are excited to listen. We will see you here next week on Because I've Lost Control of My Life. Thank you so much for listening. Like what you heard? Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Hello? 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 What, when, uh, hello? Who's this? Bill. Hello? Bill! Bill who? Bill John. I think you have the wrong number. Who are you calling? Is this Jerry? Yeah, I'm Jerry. I need you to come fix my sink. Where at? Down Bradstrub. I don't know where I am. You don't know where you are. I got a, a sack of bread and a pant of mustache. What? I got a sack of bread and a hint of mustache. I don't even know which one. Where do you live? Down bread. Over on the one one, the one one nine. One one five. Where's that at? Nine nine nine. Where? Nine nine nine. Oh four. Two seven six four. Nine nine nine. What? Nine nine nine. Two eight. Nine four five four four.
Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. I can't understand you. I don't even know what time they open. Who? The Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club? Yeah. What's the Breakfast Club? They need, I don't know what time they open. Ha, 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 ha.